This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 6th of May in your Squiz today, a presidential election in the Philippines. Russia proposes a ceasefire, introducing the Jack Jumpers, and Dolly is in to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is your Squiz today. We're starting in the Philippines this morning, Claire, because they're heading to the polls for an election on Monday. The man likely to replace outgoing President Rodrigo Duterte is Ferdinand Marcos Jr. And if the name Marcos is ringing a bell when it comes to politics in the Philippines, then you're bang on the money because he is the son of Ferdinand Marcos Sr. and Imelda Marcos of the many, many shoes. Before we take a closer look at the race, let's just get a refresh on the Marcos political dynasty. Yeah, so they were turfed out uh, of the Philippines in 1986 in the People Power Revolution. But what happened before that was 20 years of rule from Ferdinand Sr. And to give you a sense of the guy, he ruled the Philippines under martial law between 1972 and 1981. He called it a form of government that was constitutional authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. Uh, He really did have a very firm hand. He's someone who was very corrupt. Uh, He was very brutal with his people. He was also accused of ordering the murder of the opposition leader. Uh, When they fled the Philippines, they took millions of dollars worth of gold and jewellery, also crates of cash onto the helicopter that ferried them out. Uh, And what they found in the presidential palace, as you say, uh, not only 1,200 pairs of shoes (laughs) that Imelda had, uh, also documents that outlined exactly what was happening behind the scenes in their corrupt regime. There are still court cases and investigations going to this day about the wealth that the Marcos seniors accumulated. Marcos Jr. has downplayed or denied abuses committed by his father. If we look at what's happening now, Marcos Jr. is the favourite in the polls to win. His main rival is Lenny Robredo. She's currently the vice president. She is, and she is a human rights lawyer who has targeted the Marcos family. Uh, She is someone who is really campaigning very hard uh, against Marcos Jr. saying that he really shouldn't benefit from the sins of his father. Um, Of course, the accusation there is that they hung on to a lot of the cash that they basically stole from the people of the Philippines. Marcos Jr.'s running mate is President Rodrigo's daughter, Sara. She is someone who is really aligned to that whole dynasty where he is a strongman leader as well, who's known for his war on drugs that has been characterised by human rights campaigners as actually just extrajudicial killings and it's been a really difficult period in that nation. There is another big name running in this election as well, boxer Manny Pacquiao. There's a lot going on. We'll stand by for those results next week. On to the latest in Ukraine. Russia says it will hold a three-day ceasefire on its attacks on the Azovstal steelworks in Mariupol. It's the last stronghold of resistance in a city that's been under just constant attack. Yeah, so what they're saying is that in that steelworks, there's a couple of hundred people. President Vladimir Zelensky has said overnight that it's going to be a very difficult operation to get them out um, because they need to be dug out of these underground bunkers probably by hand. They can't get heavy equipment in there to do that job, that it really is a very perilous situation. Uh, The United Nations has said that it stands by ready to help, but there's lots of concerns that Russia will actually honour that 
ceasefire. Uh, They have broken ceasefires in the past when they've tried to get those people to safety. Meanwhile, the European Commission has also proposed to step up its efforts to punish Russia for the invasion. They're wanting to implement a total ban on oil imports by the end of the year. It's a complicated thing for Europe, though, because Russia supplies Europe with 25% of its oil. The World Health Organization has released a new set of numbers that they say is the world's true pandemic death toll. It sits at 15 million, more than twice the official number. They're using something called excess deaths in this equation here. Yeah, the statisticians at the World Health Organization say uh, that there's quite a bit of underreporting in the number. Uh, the one thing to note about that 15 million number is that it not only accounts for COVID deaths directly, uh, but also deaths of people who were unable to access hospitals for the care that they needed because they were overwhelmed with COVID cases. Uh, So there's a bit that goes into it. But what they do say is that the majority of those excess deaths were because of a COVID infection. Uh, And what they say is that they need to count the dead. And if they don't do that, then they can't do better and be better prepared next time. Australia's death toll from COVID sits at 7,423. As for that official number at the moment, it's 6.2 million. Now, we all love an underdog or an unexpected hero, and that's what seems to be playing out in the National Basketball League here at home this year. The Jack Jumpers, a team from Tassie, have made it all the way through to finals in their very first season. It's quite the story, Claire. Yeah, it really is. And if you're an advocate for sport in Tasmania, what you say is that uh, Mm -hmm. it really shows that if you give them a team that can play in these national comps that they can do well. Of course, there's a focus on that at the moment because there's a move on to get an AFL team based in Tasmania. Uh, But back to the basketball, it's an incredible achievement. As you say, their first year in the competition, uh, they're known for being very aggressive, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of like the jack jumpers themselves. They're a pretty nasty ant. (laughs) Yeah, they're only about a centimetre long, but they can jump up to 10 centimetres repeatedly when under attack, which is very apt for a basketball team, I think, when it comes to picking a mascot or an animal (laughs) or whatever these things are. but the, they will be going up against the Sydney Kings. They're eyeing off their first NBL title in 17 years. The best of five series kicks off tonight at 7.30. In entertainment news, we covered off the nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few weeks ago. The inductees have just been announced. Eminem, Lionel Richie, Duran Duran, Pat Benatar, Eurythmics and Carly Simon and Claire, Dolly Parton. And of all of them, I reckon I could sing at least one of their songs end to end without actually looking (laughs) up the lyrics. They're iconic musicians and singers and songwriters. Um, And as you say, yeah, the surprise is Dolly Parton because she had said before that she didn't want to be considered, that she didn't think that she had earned the right to be inducted as a non-rock artist. Uh, But when we got to the end of last week, she backtracked a little bit saying that, oh, I kind of understand what it's all about now and Mm. if I was ever to be named, I'd be uh, very, very grateful for the opportunity to be in that Hall of Fame. And all of a sudden this week, here she is. I wonder if she will still produce that rock album that she said she would think about doing after all of this started I'd, I'd be there for a dolly rock and roll album oh yeah i hope so as for friday lights this week an otolenghi recipe claire but for a cake 
Yes, it's a blueberry almond and lemon cake. One of our very long-time squizzers uh, sent it through to us. She's someone who is known for her very good taste, so I got straight <laughs> on to that. I made it last weekend and it is a winner. It's super, super easy though, so give it a try. Not often said in relation to Otolenghi recipes I've heard. but uh, <laughs> That's true. If it's easy, even I might have a crack at it. And also, if you need a laugh, then definitely check out comedian Jimmy Reese's City Guides. I feel perfect. Personally victimized on the Sydney one. He pulls out all the stereotypes. It's so good if you uh, want to mock other cities, especially. So I'll pop these links in your episode notes, but they are always on the Squiz website or in the Squiz Today newsletter. Squiz the day or across the weekend, Claire, what's something to take note of? Uh, today is the official Sauvignon Blanc day, or oh. as I know it, pretty much every Friday. <laughs> Your favourite day of the year or just favourite day of the week? (laughs) Favourite day of the week, let's go for. (laughs) It is also International No Diet Day, so go nuts out there, people. Sunday is the next leaders debate. That's going to be on at 8.30pm on Channel 9. It is also Mother's Day, so don't forget to celebrate your mum. That's all from us. We hope you enjoyed the Ask the Squiz episode. That'll drop tomorrow. Claire and I go through some of this week's batch of questions about the election. A bunch of good ones again. Remember, if you've got a question, shoot it through to us at hello at thesquiz.com.au. We've got a couple of weeks left of this election series of Ask the Squiz. Have a good one. Have a good weekend. And we will be back with you on Monday.